0: Hello and welcome to the latest Pooly podcast uh, with myself, Richard Maneer, and Joe Ramage from the Hartlepool United team for the Hartlepool Mail. Uh, happy New Year to everyone. Um, welcome to 2023, which we hope will be a more successful year than 2022 was for Pools. Um, been an eventful few weeks, Joe. Um, promising on many levels. Um, pools battling, scrapping for the lives at the bottom of the league, too. And obviously, we head into the January transfer window as well. Uh, which is a couple of days old now. Um, Paul's yet to make a sign-in just yet, although we understand and uh, remain confident that a couple will be joining, hopefully, quite soon. Um, So we'll delve into the January latest over the coming 15 minutes or so. Um, We'll do these regularly throughout January, so that might be short and sweet, but uh, but they'll be with you regularly throughout the next four weeks or so. And we'll also reflect on the previous um, festive period and how they got on. And um, work kind out of Joe sees sees pools uh, heading into the second half of the 22-23 campaign. Um, so yeah, best best wishes the new year, Joe. Um, how did you see the see and assess the pools? <coughs> sorry, the festive period and results for for pools over the last um, sort of ten days or so, and, and how do you see them heading into the latter, latter part of the season now?
1: Yeah, uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you, Rich. But um, it was a mixed bag, wasn't it, quite literally? Uh, You had the win down at Rochdale, uh, defeat against Mansfield, and then obviously the draw on Sunday, New Year's Day. So very much a mixed bag. I think if if they were offered four points at the start of it, it was probably the minimum that you'd say that they would have needed from that. But I think when you win the first one, And then you hold a lead at half-time against Mansfield and then you hold the lead twice against Harrogate you probably left a little bit frustrated that that's the only that you've only taken four points from those games um the the opportunity was there certainly i think in both of them games like i say with with having the lead, but i think particularly the Mansfield one when you're leading at half-time and they've nullified Mansfield quite well to be honest who are a good team um and just kind of it all changed after the break didn't it with a little bit of system change which we might go into but then you look at the the new year's day game and it ended up being a bit of a basketball game that one you know i, I thought the first half out ball were pretty poor um fortunate to go in level for me to be honest i think harrogate were, were decent and they were causing them problems with pace going forward but then the second half it was just an absolute barnstormer to be honest um could have gone either way you know four goals shared a uh, couple of crackers in there as well, Mark Shelton, George Thompson, so you probably at the end of that one you come out of it and you think okay we'll take the point we'll we'll bag that and, and move on. Um, but then go right back to the start of it, the Rochdale game was there was a lot of positives in that one, uh, especially after such a lengthy layoff as well. I think it was what was it 17 days since they'd played Crawley with that Newport game that was postponed yeah, yeah. so you kind of didn't know what what you were going to expect uh there was a bit of illness in the camp as well i think that's going around everywhere at the moment so there was i, I think you and murray was one of them He sort of played through it you know needs must, and good account of himself and it, it was a good result you know first half they went down there and i think they i thought i thought they were excellent in the first half of watchdale to be honest and it, what was a huge game against a rival they went down there and and di- dominated things you know dictated the play uh took the lead deserved lead um and then second half, they showed something that we haven't really seen a lot of at times this season in terms of being a bit resilient because um, Rochdale, to be fair, then they came out. They must have had a bit of a rocket at half time from Jim Bentley and they came out and they put them on the back foot. I, I don't necessarily think Hartlepool were, were were poor in the second half. I think it, you just got to give credit to, to Rochdale. They come out and put them on the back foot, got the goal and then you're kind of thinking, here we go. Um, especially when you think of sort of what happened against Stockport, you know, heads going down when they concede. So to, to come through that and then get the winner, which was an excellent winner, you know, Callum Cook free kick, you know, and there was that moment at the end of that, that game as well with the fans, you know, big travel and support that day. And it was it just felt as though there was a little bit of something coming back there as if you say, right, what Keith Curls wanted, and he sort of says it on a weekly basis, you know, we need the fans with us, we need that unity. And that was the first kind of step that we've, we've seen from that build on that crawley win from there. So yeah, it, it meant that the Mansfield game was a little bit of I don't want to say it was a, a free hit, but it kind of was with, with banton and three points. Um yeah. okay they ended up losing it like like we're saying there it was was disappointing how they lost it in the end. But it was then all about the Harrogate game and yeah, there's, there's frustrations in there but there are positives into it in, and in, you've now got a bit of a break on all the FA Cups coming up which was a special competition for them last season but, but I mean this season to be honest you know yes they'll, they'll bring there'll be a good turnout I'm sure on Sunday against Stork but the the focus has to be the week after going down to Gillingham which is just another absolute monster game really isn't it you've got Gillingham Rochdale again in the reverse fixture and Colchester coming up in like by the end of this month so really big month but the festive period, not too bad. Improvements still to be made, but not too bad. And the, the scenes at the end of the Rochdale
0: game were kind of reminiscent of what it was like 12 months ago or so for Pools, I would say. You yeah. know what I mean? All that connection with the fans. And Cook's been obviously steadily improving. And he's probably since the end of October-ish, the last couple of months. He's contributed more, certainly goals and assists and things like that. He looks a bit more like the player Pools probably thought they were signing in the summer. Um, and yeah, it was great to see. I mean, obviously Pools travel well in terms of fans most of the time anyway and certainly over the christmas period so you, you would expect that but yeah just felt a little bit <clears throat> bit more of a connection like we saw probably 12 months ago before the, the kind of rock really started to kick in in 2022 so so yeah that was a big result um important i guess to build on that with the harrogate point at least but um but yeah there's a few looking at league two a bit more broadly just briefly as well there's some intriguing storylines as well aren't they crawley for example in the carnage that seems to be ongoing there with the coach on the bench I think wasn't he for one of the games over the weekend imagine Raj on the pool's bench for um, Uh, yeah I mean mean, this wouldn't happen would it Um, and then obviously Gillian as well who I think are in the midst of a takeover from an American as well so they may well have some money to spend and I think they've just signed Crawley's one of their strikers as well haven't they so it's really intriguing at the bottom of the league too
1: yeah it is Um, as you say I mean the, the Crawley situation in particular is it's almost now where you think, I know Raj has had his, his sort of criticisms, some of it justified, some of it maybe not so, but you look at that situation and what's going on there and you almost think, yes, all this sustainability talk that's gone on, you, you're quite grateful for that <laughs> in that aspect because, and I'll throw Rochdale into the mix there as well, because I think they released a statement last week saying actively looking for investment from people, you know, so you look at the situation around them and, as much as it's bad for the fans of the likes of Crawley and and Rochdale and like that. But it's quite encouraging for Hartlepool that they're in a bit of a state, to be honest. So if they can just kind of sort their own house out a little bit with this window and with these games that are coming up, you know, we've seen two wins, Crawley and Rochdale, how much that can sort of take them up the table and get them out the bottom two because, you know, we we can't skirt around it. they've been poor for the first half of the season. And yet they went into Christmas Day and they weren't in the bottom two. They went and beat Rochdale and then, yes, they've only taken one point from them the next two games, but they're still not in the bottom two, you know. So it's not going to take a lot, you feel, to to stay above that dotted line. Um, That's not to say that they won't drop back in it, you know, if if they go on another run like what we saw where I think they lost five straight. That, That will put them right back in danger again, but... With winning them games as well against rivals, it makes you think that they have got what it takes to go to these places, go to these teams and, and beat these teams, you know, so that there is a little bit of positivity in there. And as we say, with the January window, if they can bring a couple of faces in, which I think we're all expecting them to do so. Yes, they've had a little bit of a setback this week, it sounds, but I think there will be new bodies coming in. Then you just hope that that'll be enough to sort of get them over the line for the rest of the season. Yeah, January is always the same. <clears throat>
0: clubs always want to get the business done early doors. Yeah, but it rarely really happens that way, doesn't it? And often, um, often deals can, you know, have little snags and various things. Clubs will have injuries and then a deal that you thought might be done, maybe just postponed for a week or two. And some of the loan deals aren't often concluded until the end of the window when other clubs know exactly what their squads are going to be and stuff. So it can be it can be frustrating for everyone, um, fans as well. But, um, but yeah, hopefully one or two deals we. And I'll shortly, as we've reported, we know there's interest in the likes of Brad Walker, Matty Dolan, Peter Hartley as well, which be an interesting one back from India. Um, so there's plenty of names, names around, all former Pools players, all experienced. You'd certainly say they would enhance the squad, I think, in terms of probably quality in terms of what's currently there. Um, but I also think Pools fans would expect a bit more than that as well, and they would certainly need a another striker, especially if there's interest in Josh Umrah which I'm sure there will be. Um, given his form, goal scorers are pretty ready right to come back these days. So what, what's your take on the January um, business that kind of needs to be done this this month, Joe?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, you touched on a couple of names there, but I, I think defensively it, it has, there has to be a couple brought in at the back. You know, we've seen Mark Shelton as a centre-back and a right-back in the last two games, you know. Um, and... In spells, you know, he did quite well in there. I think the centre-back against Mansfield, he, that first half, he was just kind of tasked with if the ball comes your way, just get rid of it. And he did that, you know, just old school sort of thing. He did that reasonably well before he was moved uh, into midfield. And then harrogate right back. He struggled a bit defensively, you know. But I think, as I touched on a little bit earlier in this podcast there, I think they struggled first half across the board, to be honest. And then second half, he, he was excellent getting forward in particular. You know, he got a goal and assist as well. So... But you don't want to be starting Mark Shelton in defence, I would guess, would be Keith Curl's intention. Obviously, Jamie Sterry picking up another injury, which is desperately unfortunate for him and for Hartlepool at the minute. Hopefully, that's not too long. It didn't necessarily sound like it was a particularly serious one. He said a bit of a groin problem. Maybe looking at Gillingham for that, all being well. But can you rely on, on, on Stirry at right back at the minute? You would have to say not, given he's only played sort of 12 games this season, I think 13 games. Yeah. So that position, like centre back, you know they definitely need a centre. They needed a centre back at the end of the summer. I think we've. I think we'd all probably agree that they look better as a back three or a back five in there. Um, and t- to leave the summer window with only three centre backs was, well, it's part of the reason why they're in this predicament that they're in. Um, so another centre back is an absolute must, given some of the injuries that are on there. Obviously, there was the positive news that Rodham and Yeses loan deal that he'll be here until the end of the season you know we also aren't going to recall him there's no no uh, return clause in that agreement so that, that's a positive um but yeah it's certainly center back right back possibly and as you say going forward you know joshua mirrors he's had an excellent start to his Hartpool career would be amazed if there isn't some sort of interest if you look at sides who are in and around the playoffs who think oh if we can just get a couple more goals on our team you know and they see a lad who's at the bottom of the table he scored 11 in all the competitions there'd be worse worse deals to to try and look to do so keep hold of him and then add some more because i think beyond him in terms of attackers i think wes mcdonald's the next best goal scorer i think he scored three uh jack hamilton got his first league goal against mansfield so kind of the onus has all been on joshua Murray and they need to kind of share them out a little bit more um so a strike will be, will be an option as well but he, across the board you know uh, he, he looked you know, players in across the board he, he said as much if, if he thinks there's a player that will enhance the starting 11 he'll do so you know even if you look in goal uh, they had Alex Cairns didn't they for the FA Cup second round wouldn't surprise me if that's some something that they try and explore again maybe it's just for a six-month loan or something just to give that bit of competition to Ben killer because I know he comes in for a bit of criticism sometimes and I think we've had the conversation before I, I think there's there's more pressing issues to address than Ben killer but he needs that competition because he kind of knows that he's number one at the minute. You know, they've, they've recalled Patrick Boyce from his loan spell just to, just to cover at the moment, but the young lad, he, he's not going to be starting really, is he? So it's just to give keep him on his toes a little bit. And obviously, Cairns, he, he, he looked well in, in that FA Cup tie and Keith Curl praised him as well around the place. So that'd be another one as well to look at.
0: Yeah, Cup Fever. <clears throat> he's hitting Hartlepool. I can tell you. Yeah. Um, ahead of the Stoke game on Sunday. Um Obviously Pool's taking on Stoke in the, the Round of the Cup, I should say. helped well, the club massively last season, um, on every level. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how pools getting on, on Sunday. Um, given the defensive problems, you would think Stoke might be um fairly confident at the minute, but um it's obviously a long long time to go. We're recording this on what what day is it today? Joe Tuesday. I lose track. Yeah, it's Tuesday, isn't it? All oh, the festive festivities have blended into one. Um yeah, we're recording this on Tuesday, so a fair bit of time to go before Sunday, in terms of you know, there may well be one or two new faces in the squad or team before then. But as things stand at the minute, um, <clears throat> how would you see the game against Stoke in terms of the <clears throat> excuse me, defensive options facing curl, i.e., lack
1: of? I mean, he, he's a little bit. Handcuffed in terms of what he can do, to be honest. Like, I say, we've touched on Mark Shelton there starting in, in defence the last two games. And unless I, I, you would imagine you where he probably will be back for that, you know, he'll have had sort of a week, 10 days to to try and recover from that illness. So he'll probably come back in as a centre back option. But then do you keep Mark Shelton in as the third centre back option? Uh, do you move Rigginson over to the right, uh, David Ferguson on the left? It'll be interesting to see what he does. Um, in, but like I said, it, this one absolutely is a free hit, you know. As, as much as it would be nice to progress and then try and get a Premier League side again, like what they did last year with Crystal Palace, you know, this one's just a case of just going enjoy yourselves really and, and just put up a good fight, I, I guess. You know, I mean, Stoke. I think they got beaten the last minute, didn't they uh, yesterday of, of Preston? Um, that they sort of their focus is a bit more on trying to sort their league form out as well, you know, and Alex Neil since he's gone on, in there. So but they'll probably look at it as a chance to get into the fourth round. You know, they'll look at Hartlepool struggling. Bottom league too, they'll consider this as a, as a really good chance to progress as well. Um, I imagine Blackpool probably thought the same 12 months ago, though. So it's, it's a funny competition, isn't it? And you just never know. It, it, these sort of games it, it could be made for someone like a Joe Gray who scored that winner against Blackpool a year ago, you know. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think there should be a good crowd there. I, I imagine Stoke will bring, bring a few up as well. Um, and yeah, just... Just have a goal at them really isn't it give it your best shot and you never know might come out on top
0: uh, just going back to josh Humer, um briefly i mean obviously he's a goal scorer doing really well for pools um would you expect there to be a fair bit of interest in him this month and um you know are pools in a position to turn down cash bids for players do you think or it depends he, he has an integral role to play <sighs> in the football league and It's not going to be easy to replace him but that said I mean, who's, who's, who are players of value and worth at Pools at the minute? Sterry's only got, what, six minutes left in his contract, so you probably wouldn't get a great deal for him. So Josh Humer would certainly be one of them. Most of the lads from Scotland who were on two-year deals, you would argue quite strongly that there wouldn't be a lot of monetary value to the club and trying to get fees for them. So it's a tricky one, isn't it? As Pools fans, you'd hope that they would um, strongly withhold from selling one of their key assets this month, but stranger things have happened.
1: yeah absolutely i mean especially if it if they can i mean they might look at it and say if, if this if the fees there would that help them bring in maybe three players for example the you era? up but for me i'd be you've got to kind of take the hit in terms of if it will be you'd lose out on getting that fee because he's inter he's integral to them staying up uh as you say the, the one of the only other saleable assets is probably jamie stirry but with him entering the final sort of six months of his contract and his injury issues at the minute. There's not going to be a lot of possible fees getting stumped up for him, you, you would argue. Um, people like clubs will probably want to be monitoring his fitness over the second half of the season. Um, so, yeah, he, it, it, Josh Murray is one of, if not the only sort of really sort of saleable assets given his goal return this season. But like you say, how, how important is he to, to them staying up in, in contrast to, to the money that they could get I'd argue that you're better off keeping him than, than taking the money. Um, I think he's on a two-year deal as well, so it's not as though they're going to be forced into a, dis- into a decision and on that front. You know, you look at the likes of Mo, So I think he only signed a one-year deal. He's had quite a good season. He, he would be one that would maybe attract an interest, but because they've got that security of an extra sort of 18 months with Josh, I think um, it's, it's one where they've just got to say, look, you, you're staying, certainly till the end of the season, because we need you
0: good stuff um i think we'll bring it to a close there because i think there's a slight delay uh, and some sound issues that we'll uh, hopefully sort for next time out but um as i say we'll be doing these regularly throughout january so um thanks for your time joe um please head to the harley Mail website for the latest transfer news joe's already written a couple of bits this morning uh with the latest on dodds as well who we haven't touched upon too much but um defender at Middlesbrough right back who's been recalled from uh, from his loan spell at Darling. So there's an interest from a number of League Two clubs, including Pools and him, so he's uh, certainly one to watch. Um, but yeah, we'll be back soon with another edition of Poolie Podcast. And in the meantime, if you are interested in becoming a subscriber to the Halepool Mail, then we have a 50% offer running um, throughout January. So the full details are on the website, and we would encourage you to please take a look at that and to continue uh, reading our content. Thanks all. We'll see you next time.